Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Hey everybody, it is hour number two of a Reaction Monday here on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor with you, uh, taking you through a wild and crazy weekend. Football is all the way back. Jalen Daniels appears to be all the way back. We are happy to be joined on the IHOP hotline for the first time this season. First of many visits with Shreyas Lada, KC star, beat reporter for KU Hoops and Football. Shreyas, welcome into the program for the first time. How are you, man? Good, thanks for having me, guys. We're looking forward to this. It looks like this is going to be a fun beat for you this year because Jalen Daniels looked like he picked up right where he left off. What do we know about his health? Was he fully healthy in that game? Did he feel good? Was he still playing with a tight back? Uh, Was that 100% of Jalen Daniels, or do you think there's still more left in the tank there? I think he was 100%. Uh, I got word that he was starting as of Wednesday. Um Obviously, they didn't put that out there just because of the way injuries are so finicky. Um, but, you know, talking to him afterwards, he was, you know, like he knew he was ready to start. He felt good all week. He kept on increasing his reps Monday, Tuesday at practice, what the coaches said. Um, and, and he looked like Jalen Daniels of the old. You know, there wasn't a lot of mistakes he made out there on the field uh, besides the interception. And, uh, you know, they got out to a 34-7 lead early because – he looked like the Heisman contender candidate that he was for the first five weeks of the season last year. Shreyas, you mentioned that you know big lead that they jumped out to early. It really felt like offensively things were were clicking at a really high level, both with the run game with Devin Neal and Daniel Highshaw, and also like you mentioned with Jalen Daniels. Do you believe that that was? And I know that Coach Leipold mentioned this after the game that that was probably the best half that we've seen from. Kansas as far as offensively is concerned in the Coach Leipold era? Absolutely. They, they were clicking. I mean, they there was, I think, one drive that they didn't have ended in touchdown uh, or they ended up having a punt. And uh, it was it was a really fun to, offense to watch. I mean, last year was fun to watch, but they just looked great on both ends there. I mean, you know, the defense even 
uh, didn't allow more than one first down until the second quarter. Um, and, and just overall, they were dominant against a team that some predicted were going to be at the uh, top end of the Big Ten conference that they're in. And, I mean, as much of as the first real test of the season, Kansas stepped up and, and showcased that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke, at least so far. Shreya Slada joining us, uh, KU beat reporter for the KC Star, joining us each and every week on Sports Daily this year. Looking forward to that. So, uh, Shreya, we've talked about the offense now. The story of the game, I think, as far as Kansas's prospects on being you know, in the mix in the Big 12 and all these things, is the defense, which in that first half, like the offense, was fantastic. They did you know, kind of let Illinois back in, but look. KU's defense, we I, I don't think anybody thinks is going to be like the best defense in the Big 12, but it's sort of showing us it might be good enough, right, to to stay competitive once we get to conference play? A hundred percent. I mean, they got six sacks, uh, which they haven't done since 2009. And, you know, they, they were pressuring the quarterback. They, they didn't really have any uh, bad plays, per se, because of the two targeting, which, you know, obviously those were a little subjective calls. Um, and the real big, you know, chunk yardage play that they gave up was when they had that 72-yard touchdown run by uh, the Ole Miss transfer, Illinois, uh, Luke Allemeyer, um, and that was really the only real blemish that I remember besides the targeting uh, that they have, but KU's defense looked really good. Uh, you know, they pressured the quarterback. The, the DBs were making it really difficult for Luke to pass the ball. He ended up with uh, less than 220 passing yards. Um, two interceptions, really impressive stands when needed, you know, especially that last uh, Illinois drive where it looked like they were marching down the field and boom, you know, Kobe Bryant basically wrestles the ball out of an Illinois wide receiver. It comes away with a pick. And that was the second time that game, a Kansas CB had done that. Um, just really impressive showing by Kansas that I think, they really need it this year. You know, that defense needs to take a step forward after being ranked 127th in the country, and uh, I think they have. I want to ask you a little bit about the, the running game here. So Devin Neal finished with 120 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Daniel Highshot two yards away from 100, finishing with 98 and a touchdown. Those two guys run completely differently. The way that Devin Neal runs the football, the way that Daniel Highshaw runs the football, it looks like Highshaw is completely 100% healthy after his season-ending injury a year ago. They, they both, like I mentioned, do things differently. And in your mind, we know the kind of dynamic athlete that Jalen Daniels is at quarterback, both throwing the football and running it. But having a couple of running backs to be able to take the pressure off the pass game, I mean – how versatile do you think that this offense can be with those two guys running the football? I mean, it, it, it's incredible, you know, because Jalen is good in the air, but like you said, he's great with the ball in his hands and that option. Uh, and, and there's always what makes Kansas offense so unpredictable and Andy Kotelinke kind of an offensive genius and a guy that's probably going to have head coaching jobs, you know, coming in the, in, in the coming years uh, is, you really don't know what you're going to get day in, day out, because they always have, you know, different formations, different plays. They get, I mean, like they started the game with what uh, Jason Beam and Jalen Daniels kind of lined side by side, and it looked like you didn't know who's taking the first snap. Uh, you know, a little trickery there, playing into the hand of everyone thinking Jason might be starting or Jalen might be starting or whoever. 
the running backs, like you said, they're great complements to each other, uh, you know, almost like fire and ice in the sense that, uh, you know, they do what needs to be done. And, and Hyshaw coming back is so, so key because he was great last year, averaging like 5.9 yards per carry before he got injured. Uh, and if those three, that trio of Daniels, Hyshaw, and Neal can stay healthy the entire year, I feel great about KU making another bowl game. Uh, and, you know, I have, you know, them going 9-3 and three this year with an upset of OU and winning a lot of the 50-50 games because I really do believe that trio and Lance Leipold, um, it, that level of talent that Kansas has at those skill positions is very, very impressive. And I think it's something they haven't had in years uh, until these three have arrived. It doesn't sound like, Shreya, that you're too impressed with Nevada. You tweeted out earlier that uh, they look like maybe the easiest matchup for KU this year. I haven't watched any of them. Tell us about Nevada road trip, true road, all that stuff this week as we look ahead for Kansas. I mean, it is a road trip. It's late night, but they get a ton of time to prepare for it. What do you think about Nevada? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, they were, uh, like, they played an FCS team in Idaho last week, and they were supposed to be, uh, they weren't favorites that game. It was Idaho. And uh, they lost 33-6. And then week one, Caleb Williams and USC tore them apart 66-14. So they really are a good football team on both ends. Uh, They kind of have a a quarterback issue. Both quarterbacks have combined for one touchdown uh, and less than 300 yards between both games. Uh, And between them, they have less than 400 yards total. Uh, The defense, is horrendous. They've averaged over 565 yards given up uh, on overall, and uh, they struggle to contain the passing game over 380 yards to opposing uh, opposing offenses. Same thing with the defense or uh, the running game. Kansas should really win this one handedly, and ideally, you're seeing reps for Jason Bean and some of the other guys uh, by you know, midway through the third quarter. Because even though it's it's a road game and, you know, obviously it's the first true test uh, on the road for Kansas, I'd argue that Nevada, with the way they're constituted and the way they were last year, which the team was 0-8 in that West Conference and 2-10 and overall, they're even worse than last year, in my opinion. And uh, this might be the easiest game on KU's schedule, to be quite frank. Therese, I want to dial in on something that uh, you you said a couple of minutes ago uh, that I, I I can't I can't ignore because I heard you say it and I want I want to get your thoughts on it. So you think that the Jayhawks are going to have an upset of Oklahoma this season and win fifty fifty games and and you have them finishing at what nine and three is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know that, and we had this conversation last hour that you know at least in my opinion I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but outside of Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma last week, the, the most impressive Big 12 team might very well be the Kansas Jayhawks. So, I mean, knowing that and knowing as you're going game by game and, and finishing up with that 9-3 and three overall schedule, what, what about this team tells you that you think that, number one, they're going to be able to upset OU, and number two, that those 50-50 Big 12 games are going to go the way of the Jayhawks? So, the... The 50-50 games, uh, like look, the way I looked at last year was they had a top 10 offense in most metrics, and that was with Jalen missing four games and Highshaw missing pretty much everything after uh, him getting injured. 
And last year, the defense was really bad, uh, number 127th in the nation. Uh, and the special teams was pretty horrendous, too, uh, ranked last in the Big 12 in field goal percentage. So Kansas went out and got a lot of transfers from the defensive side of the ball and kicking game. They've gotten a guy, Seth Keller, who is an average 86% kicker over three years at Texas State, was nominated for multiple preseason awards, uh, watch list, and he's been pretty great so far. You know, he, he had a nice 41-yard boot last game, uh, and he hasn't missed a field goal yet or extra point. So his special teams already looks better on that end. Um, plus, Sean Smider has come in. And his resume uh, on the special teams end of things is very, very impressive. He's been won multiple awards, uh, and he was, you know, took USC to the best special teams unit in the country twice uh, in the years that he was there coaching. Uh, so I think special teams take a big step up. And the defense, I always expected to take a step up, and I was like, I don't know if it's is it a step up from 127 to 100, or is it a step up from 127 to top 75. And so far through two games it looks like closer to the top 75 than top 100-level uh, defense, which is which is huge. And then you kind of go back to look at the schedule, and I was like, okay, I think they lose. You know, this was beginning before the season started. I was like, I think they lose to Texas Tech. I think they lose to Texas. Uh, I think they lose to K-State. And then I picked the OU upset because, I mean, OU, like KU last year, had a very similar team, uh, a good – offense, shaky defense. Uh, they got better on both ends there. Um, but the game wasn't super out of hand last year. Uh, and the year before that, I think it came down to the final quarter. Uh, and, and Kansas is playing at home, I believe, this year. And they haven't beaten OU since, I think, it was 2007 or 1995. It's, I, I don't remember which one it was. But it's been a long, long streak. So my thought process is, you know, they're going to the SEC next year. Why not this year? be the year Kansas finally breaks that streak and upsets OU. Uh, you know, everyone talks about K-State, but K-State, I think, is a more formidable team than OU is uh, this year. Um, and, I mean, as long as Jalen is healthy and the running backs stay healthy, I feel good about as good as this Kansas team has felt in years. Uh, Jalen, in my mind, is as good as a quarterback as Kansas has had since Todd Reesing. Um, and, and that's, you know – a guy who could probably play on Sunday, you know, if the way his career has gone continues to go and he stays healthy. He did look good throwing the ball. Shri Lada joining us, KU beat writer for the KC Star, uh, KU insider for us this year. I, I do let's let's talk about Jalen for a second because I keep thinking the same thing. Like if he's there, they got a chance to to be really competitive. But he, you know, the the back is different than the shoulder last year. And we've heard Lance Leipold say this is something he's dealt with. I'm having a really hard time understanding how serious this back issue is. How serious is this back issue long term? Or should we, you know, should we always be watching that? Like every time he takes a hit, or is this just a, a minor thing that he knows how to work through? I think it, it's one of those things that they've been super cautious about because they understand how important Jalen is to that offense. Uh, a little bit extra cautious, I think. Uh, like, I, I think he could have easily played week one if absolutely needed, but why risk it? Uh, and it was a true game-time decision. I asked him about it, and he was like, you know, honestly, it was a game-time decision up to warm-ups, really, uh, for week one. You know, and that's why Lance had said expected. So 
you, you have to be careful about it because back injuries and stuff like that, that back is so, so finicky uh, that anything like that could always get aggravated or whatever. But he told me he's 100%. Uh, he feels good and ready to go. Um, and, you know, he feels like he can do everything that he does last year. And if you notice, he's bulked up a little bit, you know, and he, he told me he's faster than he's ever been. Uh, which I thought was interesting. So they, they, Kansas has tried to work hard to make him bulletproof, as Andy Kotelinki calls it. Um, so they don't want him to have nagging injuries or something like that. Um, and he definitely, you know, obviously with the Illinois defense, the way they were set up, he ran the ball, I think, a little more with a, a little more propensity than he did last year uh, in most games. So I think it's something to monitor, but unless it flares up again, you know, knock on wood, you shouldn't really have any issues with it. The newest AP top 25 poll came out yesterday, Shreyas, and uh, the Jayhawks are receiving votes in the top 25 poll. I know that ultimately it comes down to the teams in front of the Jayhawks and, and what happens with them this coming weekend. But what are the odds in your mind if the Jayhawks go to Nevada, get a big victory, you know, maybe even cover the spread, which is somewhere around 26 to 28 points as of right now, for KU to sneak into the top 25? I mean, I, I give it pretty high, to be honest with you. If they come out and go in Nevada, win by 60 or something like that, they'll probably be ranked, uh, you know, in the 21 to 25 range. Um, you know, and if not, they'll probably be the highest in the others receiving vote category. And if they beat uh, BYU by game four, they'll definitely be ranked <laughs> uh, heading into the Texas game. So, I mean, you know, they they got 19 votes, so people paid attention to what they did against Illinois. And uh, I think the Nevada game, obviously, everyone expects them to win, but they needed to win it with, uh, you know, kind of some malice, as I say, and blow them out and not really make it a game, especially if the defense looks good. I think that's a big sign, uh, and I think that will be on some voters' minds. It, it'll be it'll be pretty fun to watch them uh, potentially climb up the rankings. All right, Shreyas, what do you have coming out uh, this week? And what are you working on? And what can people check out at the KC Star? Yeah, yeah, I have a, a five things uh, to know about Nevada coming out later today. Uh, KU depth chart, then I'll have a story from the presser today at eleven fifteen uh, that we have, and uh, just a typical you know pregame stuff. Um, you know, coming out, uh, which will be fun. I have a cool segment that I will, I'm still figuring out, but doing some film stuff with a former KU quarterback, uh, which I'm excited about. And we'll announce a little more once we get everything figured out. But um, yeah, I mean, just typical pregame stuff that you can find at uh, KCStar.com. And, um, you know, should be a fun week. Uh, first road game, first traveling for me, football besides the bowl game. So I came in enjoying the round then. So it'll be fun. You can follow Shreyas on social media at S-H-R-E 98. Find his work there as well. Nice job, Shreyas. Good good debut there. Let's do this again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. We'll do that again. You can go back and listen to any of that at KFHradio.com. Chad will get that segmented out for you KU fans. Sounds like Nevada might be an opportunity to score some points. We'll talk, of course, more about that later in the week. Tommy and I will take a quick break. On the way out, let's give away our final pair of ICTI's Classic Tickets, which is the NHL preseason game with the Arizona Coyotes and St. Louis Blues. 
That's Saturday, September 23rd, 7 o'clock Interest Bank Arena. Final pair of tickets. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Thanks to Shreyas Lada for his first visit with us about KU. Nice job there by Shreyas. You can go back and listen to that KFHradio.com. Congratulations to Scott for winning those final pair of hockey tickets to see the NHL preseason game at Interest Bank Arena next weekend. Uh, all right, Tommy, let's look ahead to tonight's game. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm, man, I... That Fox in their pregame did, I think Aaron Andrews interviewed Aaron Rodgers and they, they you know, did it up with all the music. I, and I was like, I was finding myself, get, and I don't watch Hard Knocks, so maybe everyone's been like this for a little while, but I'm finding myself like getting more and more hyped up for this. I'm so excited for the Jets. The Bills are an interesting matchup. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills tonight here just because... If there is an offensive line issue early in the year, I think the Bills, that's, this is going to be a problem for the Jets. If you watch the Cowboys last night and what they did to the Giants' offensive line, boy, there is a lot of pressure on this Jets' O-line, and that's been a story. And the Bills are going to get after it, you know, rushing the passer two a little bit. I, I like the Bills. I, I'm so intrigued by this Aaron Rodgers storyline. The Jets' schedule is brutal. This is this is going to be fascinating to see how quickly they can get out of the gates. I've said since the summer, I think it'll be a little slow out of the gates, and then they're going to really be good by the end of the year. What do we? I I, I don't know. What are you thinking on this? Because the Bills look, the Bills have been the least talked about. I think yeah. great team in the NFL, and I imagine that they're ready to play a football game pretty badly. You know what? Like I, I've been very open about it for a long time. I'm all in on the Jets. Uh, and I'm going to double down on that because uh, some of my other picks from the weekend were um, not very good, uh, including the Seahawks and the Giants. I mean, I, I feel like they were both um, playoff teams and, and now I'm not so sure. Um, so I'm I'm all in on the Jets. And, you know, I, I think the fact that they have embraced this mentality of it's Super Bowl or bust it's either going to be incredible for the Jets or it's going to be a massive disappointment. There is no in-between, I, I feel like, for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and the fact that they've loaded up for him for this season. That being said, out of the teams that have been historically dominant in the AFC for the last three or four years, the Bills are the last one standing after you know week one, and, and they've got the opportunity to be the last one standing after week one. The Chiefs lost. And the Bengals lost. And then really, it's the Buffalo Bills, historically speaking, as the class of that conference, right? So I think that you are right in the thought that they have not been discussed and talked about as much as maybe they should have been throughout the offseason. But it's really because all eyes were on the Jets and what they were doing, bringing in Aaron Rodgers and then signing Dalvin Cook and then the additions at wide receiver. Plus, they still have Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, who was a, a fantastic rookie a, a season ago. That being said, though, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm still all in on the Jets, um, knowing how brutal their schedule is to start off the season. They've got to win this game at home to kick off the season. They, they just have to. If they want to have a chance to win that division, it really starts in week one with the divisional matchup, knowing the Dolphins have already got a victory. They're already one and zero in that division. And you've got a really tough schedule moving forward. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, they've got to win this opening game. 
The Patriots looked respectable, too, um, I think, against the Eagles. That was a very close game. It is, and this is – It's I've, I've had a hard time with this because, like, people that are very predictive and, and, like, do it for a living, they do look at the schedule and try to guess, like, outcomes of games. Whereas I think for us and for most people, it's like, yeah, I'm, I love the thought of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. But it is a tough road. And, and so, like, can we – can they hammer it out? And, of course, Rodgers can. Like, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's just how quickly can they do it? Brees Hall looks like he'll be good to go tonight. I suspect that the Jets would like to run the ball a little bit uh, against Buffalo to take the pressure off of that offensive line. You know, I don't know how equipped their weaponry is to be a quick strike offense. I have no idea. I know Garrett Wilson's one of my favorite players. Like, I love Garrett Wilson this year, and I think he's going to be great. But, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to have time to get him downfield and all of these things? But I, I think tonight, Tommy, it's as much about the Bills. I, everyone's going to look and watch Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It's been the number one story of the offseason. The Bills have been forgotten about in a lot of ways. Like, the Bills might be the best team in football. That's not a That's not an overstatement at all, especially when we look at the top end of the league and what we've seen. Like, the Bills are still there. They haven't gotten over that hump. They've been so close. Like, they're right there. And Steph Diggs is there, and that's behind them, and they feel good about James Cook. And, you know, you got Josh Allen, who was fantastic last year. Like, the Bills are a great team, and nobody's talking about them. And and I think they probably noticed that a little bit. You know, Josh Allen and Steph Diggs certainly feel like they're wired that kind of way. Like, hey, you know, don't forget about us here. We're still the top dogs, and we're well, still Sean the McDermott. cream. That, that's Sean crop. McDermott too. I mean, he he's a he's got that workman like attitude, right? Where it's you know go in and just handle your business and do your thing. And I think that there's a part of the Bills, and probably a part of Sean McDermott also, that kind of likes the fact that all the attention is going to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets because it allows them to just kind of go to work. It allows them to just kind of do their thing. And you know, so believe me, as soon as Aaron Rodgers signed where was traded to the Jets, joined that organization. As soon as Dalvin Cook signed with the organization, as soon as they added more skill position players, as soon as the Jets ended up on hard knocks, when all of those things happened, you better believe that the Buffalo Bills circled that opening game on their calendar. Like, okay, all the attention, the media, the spotlight, all of it is in New York, and it usually is with that media and all of that. But especially now, with the talent that's been assembled in New York and Super Bowl or bust and, and all of that, you better believe that the Buffalo Bills said, you, like, okay, that's great. Take all the attention, take the spotlight, take all of it, and we're just going to come into town in week one and we're going to beat you. And so it's it should be, at least in my mind, a heavyweight matchup tonight for Monday Night Football. I don't think that there could be a better matchup to wrap up week number one. Again, I'm all in on the Jets. I think that they are going to win the division. I picked them to win the division. I think that they are going to, um, you know, go win, at least win one playoff game. I don't think that they're going to go any further than that. But I'm all in on them. I think they win this game. But, man, it should be a a blow-by-blow heavyweight bout between these two teams. Yeah, I don't really care as much about them winning the division as just getting there. Because I think if they get there, they become very, very, very dangerous. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's cold weather. It's all those things. That that's the thing for me is can they can they get up to speed quick enough just to make sure they get there because Miami 
you know, I don't know how good Miami's going to be. That was that was an impressive offense performance yesterday, but not defensive. You know, it, it, so who's going to be there? The Chiefs are going to be there, we know. Cincinnati struggled, but we're pretty certain Cincinnati will be there. Baltimore looked good. They played Houston. So, you know, the Jets could be the sixth or seventh best team and be fine. And I think that, like, for me, that's what I'm looking at. If they can beat the Bills tonight, then I think we can go more to your, like, Maybe they are good enough to win this division. I just, I think that that's, I think that that might be a little much early, but this is Aaron Rodgers, right? Is this Aaron Rodgers two years ago? Is this Aaron Rodgers last year? Is it somewhere in between? How quickly can Brees Hall bounce back and them have a dynamic running game? And does this offensive line hold up? I, you know, we all believe in their defense. Their defense should be great. One of the best in the league. It's just how, can they protect enough? Can they block enough to make this work? Because if they can, I think you're right. I think they can, they'll be in the mix with everybody in the AFC. But if that struggles early, I think it may take a little time, and we'll see. I, I love this matchup. I love that it's Monday Night Football. You know, we didn't get the primetime matchup last night that we'd hoped for. The Cowboys just crushed. We got a great game on Thursday night. Hopefully we get it. Let's talk about the Cowboys a little bit, Tommy, as we continue through the NFL. I, I don't remember if I said it here or if I said it on a weekend CBS sports show, but I'll I'll just say it again because I can't remember. I think that the Cowboys, because people, you know, Vegas was kind of in on the Cowboys this year, and I just am not a Mike McCarthy guy, but my thought has been for a while, if this is truly a special, like, best defense in the league, one of the better defenses we've seen, like, if they can play – that absolute highest level of defense, they that that's the only way I could see them having a chance here. And I still believe that, and obviously they played that way last night. But I will say, and, I, and again, I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy, but he's sort of taken on the bet-on-yourself mentality here, calling the plays. I do think, and this has always been my problem with Kellen Moore, as much as I like Kellen Moore, as like an, a, a brain for football, and I love that he landed in L.A., he was not a good fit for Dak because Dak is not a downfield thrower like that. He's not accurate enough. And so, you know, unless guys are running wide open, which was a thing when Dak was a little more mobile, but not as much anymore, like throwing the ball down the field like that never fit for Dak. To me, last night Dak was put in a much better position to be successful and not make mistakes and, you know, add, you know, add those things that you like. And his tight ends were dropping passes and all this stuff. I will say that through one week, and it's one week, the way that Mike McCarthy used Dak made more sense than what we've seen Dak be used in the last couple of years. You know, everybody after the game, all they talked about was how dominant and elite the Cowboys defense was. And, and they were, right? Like, they've got Micah Parsons and 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 crew around him they looked fantastic the fact that the cowboys offensively didn't score a touchdown until the 26th point of the game i mean is is insane it's remarkable and that was special teams also but yeah the, the defense is absolutely elite but i actually look at something else and it kind of touches on what what you mentioned that offense for the cowboys it was addition by subtraction in two areas kellen moore out the door Ezekiel Elliott out the door the running game looked significantly better without Ezekiel Elliott as the lead back 
Tony Pollard looked good. Rico Dowdle, I thought, was a nice change of pace back also. Deuce Vaughn got a little bit of action towards the very end of the game. But I feel like not having Kellen Moore calling the plays and not having Ezekiel Elliott. And there's an ex- there was an expectation, I think, that with Elliott on the team and with the contract that he had, that you have to use him and you have to use him as kind of the bell cow running back. It ultimately hurt the offense, I think, for the Cowboys. But man, with Mike McCarthy calling the plays and being free of having to give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott multiple times a game, I thought offensively, they looked so much more free and just able to do things that they probably wanted to do for a long time. So yeah, the the defense is elite, but also having those two guys, Kellen Moore and Ezekiel Elliott, no longer part of the organization, I thought helped them out offensively big time. Well, I I sort of agree with you. The reason that that run game looked like it did is because for the first time in a couple of years, you saw a healthy Cowboys offensive line, almost. They were still missing a starter, by the way. But you're talking about a line that has two Hall of Famers on it, right? In Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. Those guys haven't been healthy together, like for a sustained amount of time for a little while. And so they they were still missing. If the offensive line can stay healthy, I don't care who the back is. They're going to look good. I actually think Zeke would help this team. I I still think, you know, and Deuce Vaughn got in there behind sort of a backup offensive line, so it's kind of hard to evaluate that. I wish he would have got in just a little bit earlier because Turpin is an interesting player. Turpin is not a – he looks smaller than Deuce Vaughn out there. Turpin's not that. That's that's not it for him. Dowdle – I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, they, I think his nickname's like the bull. Like, that's what they need. They need just a smasher, and they're going to have to be really careful with Tony Pollard in that, you know, a lot rides on him, but that line, Tommy, is good. And they looked really good, and they're healthy ish right now, healthier than they have been. Zeke would look good behind that line still because Zeke is, gets to the hole, but. Oh yeah, Woody? yeah. They, I mean, he, he, he didn't have a great debut for the year, Patriots yesterday. Fumbled the ball and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I he, just, but he, what I'm saying, and I say good, I say good, good, good's relative. Like he, he could be a four yard plus an average carrier behind a good offensive line because he's decisive and he's always moving forward. That's what one of these young guys is going to have to show that they can do that. Just get to a hole quickly and move forward because that I, I don't know that I think the Cowboys are going to be this offense that like what Kellen Moore wanted them to be just didn't fit the personnel what Kellen Moore wanted them to be like you'll see that in LA this year with a quarterback who can just launch missiles on the money down the field with dynamic like just watch how good LA's offense is this year that's what like Kellen Moore is not a bad offensive coordinator he was a bad fit for Dallas for a long time because it just didn't fit the it just didn't fit Right? Like, Dak's not an accurate downfield throw. He never has been. The other thing I noticed, too, with Mike McCarthy calling the plays last night, and and granted, it's really easy to be happy when you're up 26-0 at halftime and you win 40 nothing. But Mike McCarthy looked happier than I've ever seen him as the head coach of the Cowboys last night. Again, it's easy when you're winning by that margin. But, man, I watched him going off the field at halftime, like, big old smile on his face, and, like, I don't know, Mike McCarthy, to me, throughout the entire time he's been an NFL head coach, has perfected the sour look, right? Like, just unhappy, you know, kind of guy. For good reason. 
it makes me wonder, and I know you're not a you're not a Mike McCarthy believer, but it makes me wonder if he's calling the plays this season with the personnel they have, with Dan Quinn doing the, you know running the defense and best and, and off the personnel there. They could have made was getting Dan Quinn back. That that maybe I mean maybe Mike McCarthy it could work. Is that, the guy. So that's my point. That's my point. I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy. It's this weird. It's been this weird dynamic as a Cowboys fan because I didn't think personnel wise. They added enough to, like, put them over the edge. But they're healthier, and that matters, right? Dan Quinn was the most important offseason move they could have made, for sure. Micah Parsons might be the best defensive player in football. He is just incredible to watch play football. All that to the side. I like Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator. I did not like Kellen Moore in Dallas. It did not. It never made sense to me. I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy. He's shown us 8 billion times like, as far as, like, in-game general, he ain't the best. Not even close. But th- there absolutely is this way that he has a grasp of, like, here's what we have to do. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Offensively with what we have. And maybe that works. I, that's that's my big, you know, sort of takeaway is, is this sustainable for them? Because clearly the game got away from the Giants last night. I mean, it, it's sort of hard to evaluate it. But if Mike McCarthy has this better understanding, right, of the way to use Dak Prescott, that's where I start to wonder, like, okay, maybe Dallas could hang. Like, could Dallas be up there with San Fran? And we, we get to see the Cowboys and Niners play in week five. Cannot wait for that game. But could it be, even with, you know, like, I, I really like Kellen Moore in general, just didn't like him with Dallas. He moves on. Don't like Mike McCarthy. But all this has made the Cowboys better in this weird way because it just, Mike McCarthy, I think, just has a better, you know, understanding of what Dak Prescott is at this point in his career. And if he's not running, he's interesting, but not what he used to be. What can he do? Well, if those tight ends will catch the ball, you throw yeah. you throw short to intermediate passes. You let him run occasionally and take a few shots because the Cowboys do. And I get it from Kellen Moore's perspective, right? Michael Gallup is a good deep ball guy. Uh, CeeDee Lamb's as good a receiver as there is in football. 
So I get wanting to take, but that's not Dak. Like he's not, you, you've got to get those guys wide open as they did on a couple of plays last night and just take a play action shot once or twice a game because just like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like the Cowboys for a while didn't watch Dak play football ever in his whole life to know that like him throwing the ball 20, 25 yards down the field. That's why he had so many interceptions. Like it's not what he does. That's not what he's good at. And so yeah. I, I'm very curious to see if it's sustainable. Because if mentioned, it is, Tommy, they're absolutely yeah. a Super Bowl contender. You mentioned watching what Kellen Moore does with the Chargers. And I think you're right. Uh, I think that we're going to see Justin Herbert air the ball out a lot more than in the past. And, and he did that to an extent yesterday for sure. That being said, the Chargers have a lot more issues than than that. Sure. Uh, you know, defensively. And, and again, I know that the Dolphins have a significant amount of weapons, and Tyreek Hill went off they got yesterday. One. <laughs> I mean, but they've got they've got Jalen Waddle and no, and I know. Tua, I'm just saying they've got Tua one looks phenomenal, that... but they've got a lot. The Chargers have a lot more issues than you know Kellen Moore coming in as offensive coordinator. I think that's the least of them. I mean, I don't even think that's a concern at all. I think he'll do really. It's well. It's not a concern. It's going with to help their offense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but defensively, man, they, they've got some issues. And I don't. Th- and I know we haven't talked much about the division outside of the Chiefs yesterday, but um, it doesn't matter. I don't feel like who the head coach is. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter who the players are. The Chargers are going to charge her. They're going to do what they do. They're going to, you know, it's hard to trust them because they're, they're going to have all of, all of these expectations and a ton of talent, and then they're going to lose in, in week one uh, against the Dolphins. So, um, they've got some issues defensively. That penalty on J.C. Jackson was one of the worst penalties that I've ever seen a player do. It set up a is field it, goal for the Dolphins, and then they Brandon lose by two Staley points. Isn't Brandon Staley supposed to be this defensive whiz? Supposed to Why be. is he still there? Like I, I don't know. If they're not good defensively, why is he still there? I, I, it is so strange because you know, you know, his then, in-game stuff has been <laughs> well-documented how bad he's been yeah. in-game. But they're like he's a defensive guy. Like what what if he's not got a good defense, why is he there? Oh, and by the way, if we also want to talk about the division, it's good to see Sean Payton has everything fixed in Denver. And I say that sarcastically because it was not good for the Broncos. Uh and after everything that Sean Payton talked about over the course of the offseason, the Broncos put up sixteen points in the opener against the Raiders. There's there's a talent issue. They got to get Jerry Judy back. I'm I'm not I'm not going to make any bold predictions with Denver yet. Uh, But you know the Chargers. I'll tell you this with the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chiefs. I already have made bets because the Chiefs are under a field goal. By the way, which never happens. Uh, So you know that's out there. The Cowboys. We haven't seen the Jets. Boy, if that offense, the Cowboys line right now is at three. Tommy, if the Jets' offensive line struggles tonight. That line, I'll bet you, will jump to at least five uh, before. So I've already done that, and I already took the Chargers too, as well against the Titans. Like I already, because that's only like a field goal game too. So like I'm a, I'm a bounce back to the reality kind of guy. I'm either gonna like dig my hole deeper or feel better about the way I thought this season might go after another week of betting. Ooh, this rough yesterday. Uh, it was great in college football though. Let's come back. Uh, We will look around the sports world. Some injuries uh, to pay attention to, I think, as well, that we're getting some news on. That's all coming next on Sports Stadium. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. It's all Brockton Caster on a Monday. 
Mondays are always fun because we get to react to all the things. Fantasy football players out there, J.K. Dobbins out for the year. The Ravens finally get him back, Tommy, and he's out for the year again. Oh, my goodness. Like this snake-bitten injury for that guy. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. And I guess the only silver lining for the Ravens is that they they have other running backs. They know how to go by without him. Right. Like they've got Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And I know Justice Hill had two touchdowns yesterday, but still brutal for J.K. Dobbins. And um, I, I just I feel bad for that guy because he has looked when healthy, really, really good. They're going to be good. I I don't know how much you saw of that. We were talking about the contenders and everything else. I don't know how much you saw that game. I, I saw quite a bit. Zay Flowers is He's lightning, the real deal. lightning fast. He's the uh, real Bateman deal. Bateman looked ba- it, the good fits for Lamar Jackson. I, look, I don't know what to make of Houston like as far as a defense goes. I do know, though, that they have D'Amico Ryans now, so one of the great yep. defensive minds in football. So I, I think their defense could actually be okay. The Ravens... The Ravens are going to be really interesting to watch this year because this is, it's, I you know whether it's the most talented group of receivers Lamar Jackson's had. It, I think it's the best fit of receivers he's had because it's like short space, get ball, lightning fast right. kind of guy. It, it, they'll be interesting. And keep in mind they were without Mark Andrews yesterday also, so you add him back into the mix, that's another weapon for Lamar Jackson. Yep, uh, the Ravens they're gonna sneak around and like all of a sudden. have the most wins in the AFC or something crazy that's an overstatement don't like don't put that in pen it just like you watch that and you're like this looks like it's gonna work and fit well all right we'll come back we'll tell you what's on the network today here as we wrap up this Monday edition it's all Brock and Caster we'll be right back keep your water heater heating up your faucet for me can just call up the pros at David Lee's plumbing we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.